Welcome back. Glad to have you. Hopefully you're uh, enjoying your day. Getting set to talk some uh, Green Bay Packer football. Our buddy uh, Kevin Holden from CBS 58 uh, joining us uh, on the line as we uh, continue to talk and break down what's coming up on Saturday night, hour number two of the Bill Michael Show. Kevin, how you doing, pal? Man, Bill, it's all good. We're, we're in January. I was just talking to your producer about this. This is the time that, uh, that, that we forget about sleep. We forget about, you know, normal meal schedules. We forget about everything. We eat, live, breathe, and sleep football for like, what, a month or so? Hopefully a month or so. Right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, in this state, we all know that there's a lot of good things going on, even though the Bucks have been sliding as of late. The Badgers are playing extremely well. Game tonight, Northwestern, and a big one coming up Friday night. But all eyes are on Lambeau Field on Saturday. Tell me what you saw out of San Francisco, uh, because my level of confidence is like an eight. I, I don't really see this being a major stumbling block for the Green Bay Packers on their way to a SoFi Stadium out in L.A. So give me your level of confidence, and what do you see out of this San Francisco team that could prove problematic? Yeah, I think eight's about right. I, I, I just feel like they're, having seen the rest of the field in the NFC and, honestly, the rest of the field in the AFC, uh, there's not a team that's more complete or that's in a better position than the Packers are. They're going to play the next two games in a place where they haven't lost all year. Uh, and then you you add in all of the talent that they have and the talent that they could be gaining. And I get that, you know, you can't expect those guys to be 100% that have missed months of action. But, man, they give you some extra just talented bodies out there. Uh, that's all really good. On the San Francisco side, I mean, you know, the thing about – this is the thing about a playoff buy. No matter what, it's designed so that you play a team that just won a football game that just won a playoff game. And in San Francisco's case, that was a road playoff game in Dallas against the Cowboys. Now, uh, you know, Packers fans may not have been shocked that a Mike McCarthy-led team did what they did, but it's a big team moment for the 49ers. It's a, it's a moment where they, you know, went into somebody else's house. Uh, they kind of threw the first couple punches, and then they survived from there. Uh, that's the sort of thing that can rally a team from a momentum standpoint. If we're talking X's and O's, uh, Debo Samuel is a dangerous human being to try to contain. And it's the combination of, uh, you know, good receiver with the receiving yards and a good rusher with the rushing touchdowns. I was shocked to find that Debo Samuel has more rushing touchdowns than either Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon. And he's a wide receiver. So that's, uh, that, that could, if to me, that's where your problematic part would start is somehow Debo just went off in this game. I was asked yesterday, did the 49ers play that well or did Dak Prescott and that offense play that bad? And I had to think about that for a moment because there was probably three or four drop passes. Dak made some really boneheaded throws, some bad throws, and had uh, just some of those. I mean, he only threw for like 50% or 54% or something like that. Had just some of those been on the mark, the outcome of that game might have ended up being differently. And I don't plan on Aaron Rodgers only being at 50 or 54% completion percentage. So that's why I kind of look at this, and I, as, as much as I think about that that front four that they possess and the fact that, they yes, they do have some injuries and such, I get it with Bosa being down, and Warner looks to be coming back, but I, I don't think the Packers make the same mistakes that that Mike McCarthy team 
made, and certainly not all those, the, the non-contact, the false start penalties, the hands-of-the-face penalties, all that kind of stuff that they ended up just stupid things, holding penalties, stupid things that the Cowboys committed in that contest. I can't see the Packers doing. So that's another reason I don't really fear the 49ers. Yeah, I, I think you, you raise a great point about the penalties because uh, th- that's one thing that uh, you know has not been a problem for the Packers, certainly not to the level that it was for the Cowboys. It killed some drives for them. Just the, as you say, penalties that, that are pre-snap kind of things. It just, it's like, what in the world is going on after months and months and months of practice and you know, you know, game reps, that kind of thing. Just a shock to me to see that. And the other half is, it was just a bad offensive half of football for the Cowboys. And the Packers, they're not, you know, slump-proof, but I don't know if they would have that half of football, the first half that the Cowboys had. I don't think at home, first playoff game, all that noise coming down in the cold, you know, which is – I know that sometimes is blown out of proportion, but still I don't – you know, <laughs> you're playing in San Francisco and it's 58 versus Green Bay and it's eight. I, that has to affect you. Uh, I, I just don't know if any of those things uh, could play against the Packers in this game. And, I, man, I – I hope we're not just like overly positive about this, but in all the years that we've done this, uh, playoff football-wise in the Aaron Rodgers era, this is one of the most confident feelings I've ever had about a Packers team. Yeah, that's where I sit. Uh, and I know people find it a little bit amazing, but I, it's almost like with all the, the guys coming back from injury and being back to the fortification of what we saw on paper coming into the season and how good this team could be, it's almost like it's too good. It's like, you know, don't wake me up, don't jinx it, because things are just flowing in such an incredibly positive direction right now. Uh, by the way, uh, the statistic of Jimmy Garoppolo's never played in a game colder than 40 degrees, have you heard that, yes or no? Yeah, I, I, I heard, so I heard he's never completed a pass in a cold-weather game was the first I'd heard of it. So that's what kind of led me down the rabbit hole of research because I'm like, that sounds like a very weird qualifier, right? Doesn't that sound like he was in in some final drive in some frigid weather game when he was a rookie or something like that? Uh, mm-hmm. And he played in New England before San Francisco. So I thought that was a, a weird way to word it. But, yeah, apparently Garoppolo just does not have experience in that situation. And it is for a quarterback – it's different, and we're talking about the you know the physical aspect of it, how football travels, what you do in cold weather. But there's a mental aspect of it too. Uh, go outside the next time it's below zero and try to yell at the top of your lungs at a bunch of people. See how that works. <laughs> For us, we are acclimated to it, and I imagine that it takes your breath away. I can't imagine if you're not used to it. Right. Uh, so their defense. Getting after Aaron Rodgers without Bosa and with Bosa, two drastically different defenses. I'm just going to say, let's just say Bosa is back, and I would assume he's going to be, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, what is the largest area of concern when it comes to, uh, is it Bakhtiari being able to hold up in just his second game and, and, and a full game of work because he did get a little winded in that game against the Detroit Lions? Is it flipping Bosa around? Is it Billy Turner? Is it Or do you just not have that worry because – yeah, you know, if you have to, you keep in Mercedes Lewis. It's no big deal, or or what? I mean, I don't see anything slowing this offense down. You know what I mean? I I'm trying to find a flaw that the Packers have, short of special teams, and I'm not finding it right now. And I'm trying to just make crap up to be worried about, but I'm not worried. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's, 
it's a weird situation to be in. It's, uh, it, it's it, yeah, I just, I don't really get how, I mean, I, I get personnel wise how we got here, but I don't get how this confidence just made it to this kind of level because it's not, look, it's, there's a difference between being a fan and being an analyst and, and our job is to be an analyst. Obviously we're fans. We'd love to see it when the Packers win, but our job is to look for these things. And like you said, real hard to find something and, and i mean I, so let me go to this one maybe we can go to this one they played on september 26th in san francisco and bosa and and the the niners defense caused problems they disrupted timing in that game the packers won that game but the packers were trailing really really late and they needed one of those miracle aaron Rodgers comebacks to do it so we know that the 49ers defense has the ability to disrupt timing even against a good offense there, there's the mental gymnastics for me to get to something to be concerned about, right? Right. Uh, how big of a game is this in the sense of, um, and I've been telling people, don't worry about tomorrow, but just to ask the question, this is that there is no tomorrow, last dance, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I've been telling people to just savor it. Uh, how much weight do you think, if any, is on these guys as that aspect of all of this is the one and done and not just looking at being bounced out of the playoffs, but how much do you think that that weighs, if any, either on Aaron Rodgers or on, uh, on Devontae Adams, or even maybe even on the organization? Yeah, I think, I think it could be organization wide. I think it is, uh, it's easy to get caught up in playoff fever. and, And especially when you've got a team like the Packers that look like they should win the NFC, it is, I'm sure inevitable that the minds drift to what happens either after the next loss or after the Super Bowl. It's going to be one of those two things. So it's either this weekend, next weekend, or after the Super Bowl. Somewhere in there, it's going to start. And, and, and it is what happens with the future. Because we know after the last NFC Championship game, the comments that Rodgers made, which at the time seemed, you know, maybe a little benign, maybe a, a little bit of a guy hurt in you know by losing you know in the heat of battle that kind of thing. Uh, it's going to be a little different this time because the the future of the Packers organization, the future of what has been built, is going to be at stake the second this thing ends. And and that's the thing about a season like this. If it is a last dance, you got to clean it up after the last dance. And and man, is there a disaster! Uh, that waits on the other end of this because the the one good thing about building up the team the way they've done it to make the run the last couple of years is they've retained high-dollar talent and they've managed to do it by moving around money. There's a point where that comes back. And if you lose Rodgers and you lose Adams and you have cap space issues and you have to start shuffling things around, the Packers of next year could look drastically, drastically different. I just don't want to go there. I just I'm just living in a little dream, right. and I don't want to go there right now. But but it's yeah, it's there, and it's less than a month away. Talking with Kevin Holden, CBS fifty eight. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at three two one Q Kevin. Um, how who who do you give the edge to? Matt Lafleur, the fact that he's now very veteran, very savvy in that sense, or do you give it to Kyle, uh, Kyle Shanahan? I think I, to me, Lafleur gets an edge because. See, this, you know, we go back to like the storyline aspect of this whole thing. 
And I am guessing that LaFleur is the type of competitor that has remembered his loss in the 2020 NFC Championship game pretty much every day since the 2020 NFC Championship game. I think I think that has stung LaFleur. I think it's held with him. I think he has, uh, you know, built uh, the, the team that he has now around it. I think A.J. Dillon is almost a direct result of that loss because they got run all over. They – you know, Raheem Mostert was an MVP that day, and that hurt. And uh, and he would love to see that thing go back. So I I think uh, you know maybe if Lafleur has a little touch of that Aaron Rodgers chip on the shoulder thing, I think it would benefit uh, the Packers this week. He gets my edge. Uh, hey, before I let you go, uh, I do have to talk about special teams. And when we've talked uh, a couple of different times about Mason Crosby, we've talked turn game, we've talked about coverage. I know that even Ty Summers is a guy they're trying to get back and part of the coverage. He's a really solid tackler on special teams and such. Do you think a lot of the problems have been worked out on special teams? It, it looks better than it did, um, which is to say that, that – <laughs> If if, they, if it could just be flat, if it could be the version of a baseball umpire in which you don't really notice it, that might be the best case scenario because, man, those special teams were just they, – they couldn't do anything right in some of those games pretty late in the year. Like Baltimore was, was one that left you shaking your head because, man, that's mid-December. Like, it's different if you got problems in September as the Packers did with other things in Jacksonville. They got those worked out pretty fast, but special teams is a lingering issue. So, I I mean, I I think, you know, you tinker with bodies, you tinker with personnel, but the 49ers are in this boat too. Both teams just don't want to lose the game in special teams. And I think that's, that's probably your optimum scenario for the Packers. Just don't lose it. Special teams. Just let, just let it be a, a, a thing that's there, but doesn't bother you. Always good, Kevin. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk more down the road. Okay. Yeah, sounds. Who, you, who do you got? Eyes. You got you, you. You're confident like I am. Who you got? You got the Packers winning this one relatively easy. Yeah. So on the air last night, I said Packers twenty three twenty because you know if you say things crazy, they end up on YouTube, right? Uh, there's a, there's a lesson I've learned. So I I, I just I, I put it up as a as a short thing, but I honestly I think they'll win by more. I think thirty to twenty could be could be more realistic for this team. I I think it's going to be a good Saturday night. Always good, buddy. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon. Bill, thank you. You're the man. There you go, Kevin Holden, CBS fifty eight, joining us for a couple of minutes. Good to get him on the program with us. As always, stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michael Show. We continue on on this Tuesday, talking some Packers, uh, coming up a little bit later on. Matt LaFleur is going to be talking today. Rachel Hotmeyer from uh, NBC 26 in Green Bay going to be joining us. Uh, we got Mark Daniels from WNFL Green Bay is going to be here. Uh, and then later on this afternoon, I know Aaron Rodgers and, Rodgers and company are going to be speaking. He's also going to be on the Pat McAfee Show. If anything comes out of that, we'll, uh, we'll let you know. But uh, just wanted to... Uh, just wanted to bring that to your attention. So that's all coming up today 
on the program. This is from Rick. Rick says, uh, hey, Unit, great to have you back uh, on in Milwaukee. He says, what are your thoughts on the crowd? Uh, I know Matt LaFleur has been upset at times with the crowd while the Packers are on offense. Uh, look, I, 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 how do I put this? Packers fans, for the most part, are really smart. I know that they put up the uh, quiet, uh, you know, men at work sign when the uh, Packers are on offense. They want the offense to run smoothly, and they want it to be jacked up when the Packers are on defense. Uh, I get it. I, I, you can't control people that have been kind of drinking all day and, and partying and having fun and getting ready for an amped-up contest for a divisional round playoff game at Lambeau Field. Uh, you just, it's tough to control. But when it comes to uh, – Matt LaFleur is not mad. I think it's something that you – if you're a coach – and it's your team and your fan base, you're probably on the sideline going, what the hell are you guys doing? You know, make it easy on us. Don't don't make it don't make us fight you too. So as far as the fan base goes, it's a passionate fan base. They get rowdy. But you gotta be smart. For the most part, most people are, you know. There will be um some San Francisco 49er fans in the crowd. You can't help that. They're gonna they're gonna try to get amped up. But for as much as they get amped up, don't don't be screaming loud at them to be quiet because then you're just making more and more noise. I you just, you know, be smart. Go enjoy yourself. This is a common sense thing. There's nothing more to this. You know what I mean? There's just there's just not. It's really pretty easy in the grandest of sense. Go have fun, go get crazy. Good stuff. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. If that's where we're at, crowd questions are the least of our concern, right? Right? Uh, Ben says, in the cold weather, do you fear Mason Crosby missing a key field goal? I have not gotten to the point yet when it comes to special teams that I relax on field goals. Um, I find myself – tell me if you're in the same spot. For a while there, it was becoming – for like three uh, three-game stretch, it was becoming kind of automatic, right? And then they had the miss. I think at that point I was still – I'm still – when the field goal unit runs out there, you think, oh, this is a chip shot, 37-yarder, 36-yarder, 34-yarder, whatever – uh, the the uh, game against the Vikings at Lambeau Field. I was pretty confident, but I'm still. When the snap goes, place hold that type of thing. I'm still holding my breath on the kick. I'm still not over it. You know, so I'm, I'm not a hundred percent confident in special teams. I'm just not. Mason's had some inexplicable misses this year. Maybe this season, the start of the season, changing holders, changing snappers, all that kind of stuff. Maybe it's kind of gotten ahead a little bit, you know. Maybe there's been too much tinkering of the the leg swing. But, you know, you're going to need them at some point. The the I mean, the one area that you can maybe say that the Packers have not been stellar in has been red zone. They've been able to move the ball, and they've been able to rack up yardage. 
and they've been able to do it quite successfully. But it, the, the red zone has not been kind to them this year. Last year, they were just lights out once they got inside the red zone, the gold zone, as they call it. But this year, it's not been nearly as successful. And so is that an area of concern? Yeah, because you're probably going to need special teams. You, you would like to say, okay, maybe the red zone ills have been cured. But no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm still kind of holding my breath when it comes to the red zone. I just am. 877-867-1670. Uh, William says, play to keep special teams out of it. I Play to win the game. I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing, but if you you're going to need them at some point, whether it's a PAT, whether it's kicking into the end zone, kicking it out of the end zone, angular kicking, whatever it happens to be, punt coverage. Yeah, special teams are the the ugly stepchild because the only time you notice them is when they're bad. Otherwise, it's just a routine thing. It's automatic. It's just what goes on in the game. You know. Special teams, uh, unless, of course, you're kicking off continuously because you're dropping a ball in the end zone left and right, you don't notice special teams. Punting is the concession of fourth down. It's the, hey, we ha- here comes our defense. You're looking for big punts. You're looking for big plays, downing it inside the 20, inside the 10, things like that. You're looking for good coverage. But the only time you notice it is when it's not good for the most part. Um, this is from Chase. Chase says, uh, I'm looking for a lot of the run game to be successful. This uh, front four of the 49ers is is as stout as it comes. If they can break open a few runs and A.J. Dillon gets lathered up, I think it's going to be a good day at Lambeau Field. Uh, if the run game is successful, yes, um, but you don't have to. The Packers have always been and will always be with Aaron Rodgers a balanced attack or a pass-heavy attack. The run game is a necessary evil, and they look at it as we're going to use it, we're going to try to move the chains, create some down-and-distance situations that are favorable for us, uh, but towards the end of the game, if we do indeed have the lead, this is this is where we close it out. These are our closers. A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, these are the guys that are going to keep the chains moving. These are the guys we're going to grind on you late in a ball game, especially in the cold. We're going to grind on you, drill you down, and again, we're going to get in, in, in down-a-distance situations that are favorable to us, try to pick up a few first downs, and clock the game. The problem with that is, and I, which, which is maddening, and we tend to pull our hair out more often than not, is the fact that when you when – you, that mentality is great when you have a sizable lead. It seems like this team takes its foot off the gas maybe one series too soon. Matt LaFleur has done that. Where you'll get a two-score lead, you'll be up by 10, you'll be up by 14, maybe even 17. And then it's still with 8, 10 minutes to go in the third quarter, it's run, run, run. And it's like, okay, we're going we're gonna to just eat some clock here. No. I'm not clocking a game. If I'm the Packers, I'm not clocking a game at all until there's 12 minutes to go in the fourth, 10 minutes to go in the fourth. At that point in time, that's when I become run heavy. I get it. You want to mix it up maybe a little bit more. But we have seen this time and again where all of a sudden you're playing that Joe Barry soft zone coverage, keep it in front of you. 
let them chew up a bunch of time getting downfield, and it seems like it just doesn't go that way, like they just give it up too fast. And then you come in, momentum is swung, run, 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 or run, run, down a distance, you're in a bad situation, incomplete pass or a short pass that doesn't make the first down, and you're punting it away, and you're giving it back to them, and then you're going back to that soft defense. And all of a sudden, in a matter of six, seven minutes, you have given away seven to ten points, and it's a game now. And now you're biting your nails again. So, to me, yes, you want the run game. You want it to be somewhat balanced. You'd like to see 25 carries between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. About 25 carries, probably about 30 to 32 touches total with passes out of the backfield and such. But you don't want a majority of that in your first – unless just running roughshod over them. You don't want a majority of that in your first three quarters. You want to see that begin to pile up in the fourth quarter. Until that time, do what you do. Do what you do. Do what, Stick with what gets you there. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Gina Della from Pella. Uh, there are ten reasons, and we've been talking about this for a while. Now, I, I've told you all along that I've got these windows and doors both in my home. I checked out the trim when I had the windows and doors measured, checked out the trim, got it to match the interior of the house, the hardware as well. There's different selections like the roll screen, which is an innovation that's fantastic. It's the screens actually inside the window. You don't have to worry about things on the outside of the window. Uh, Then there is uh, the slider window, which is one of the new innovations that won an award last year. I don't know what they're coming up with this year, but Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin are fantastic. So with so many things going on, they install year-round, by the way. And they can come in and do it as, in as little as a day. And they don't open up your entire house by knocking out all the windows. They do one room at a time. They seal that room off, keep the heat in your home, move on to the next room. Can still get it done. All the Pellas, all, all the uh, windows and all the installers are certified by Pella. You can ensure that they're going to be installed properly. Fantastic. They're going to work. They're great. Uh, they can do it, like I said, in as little as a day. And they've got all the different styles, all the different hardware. They're rated number one via highest value, highest quality, most preferred by homeowners. And if you're just wanting to be economical in your home, fantastic. If you're looking to add value to your home to sell your home, even better. You're going to get your money back and then some. It's, it's just awesome stuff. Uh, right now, Pella Windows and Doors, they feature five years no interest, five months no first payment, and they uh, they are the number one uh, you know seller in Wisconsin. They're fantastic. Check it out. Pella Wisconsin right now. The offer ends at the end of the month, by the way, so you got to get this deal now. Uh, but go to PellaWI.com. That is Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. You can also call them 855-PELLA-WI. That is 855-PELLA-WI. WI, and they would be happy to talk to you. It's a free, yes, a free in-home consultation. That is our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show. We continue on. Great to have you with us today. Getting ready for the uh, game coming up on Saturday night. 
And uh, don't forget about the watch party that we're going to have going on. We're going to be at Fox's on South 76th Street uh, in Green uh, Greenfield. Greendale? Greenfield? God, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, that is uh, in Greenfield. Greenfield. And they're going to be there Saturday night. We're going to watch the game together where there's going to be giveaways. Our friends from Bud Light are going to be there. The staff and management of Foxes, they always do a big thing. I know Mike over there does uh, events all the time with this stuff uh, for Packer watch parties. But then, after the game, it is going to be the Green and Gold postgame show. And uh, we're going to have a blast. We're going to do that. Uh, it's going to be all over the state of Wisconsin. But it's kind of our uh, kind of our coming home party, if you will. Um. So we're going to be there uh, coming up on Saturday night. The Green and Gold postgame show airs about 10 o'clock, 1030, all the way uh, into midnight. And then after that, uh, we're probably all just going to want to go home and be euphoric because the Packers are going to get a win. Looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, David, uh, he says, uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have a fantastic game. This is going to be great. Uh, make sure that Devontae Adams is in tune with his quarterback, but look for Alan Lazard to have a big night. I just have the feeling. Uh, A. Lazard, got him down. Write it. I'll write it down right now. You're the man. You get credit. A. Lazard, big night. Okay. Are you are you putting – are you in like – is, is it like a DraftKings or one of the other betting sites? Are you on there betting on certain guys to do certain things for prop bets, or you just got a, you just got a gut feeling? Because if you're going to be walking around like a millionaire on Monday, I, I want to be a good friend. You know, I'm just saying, right? Just saying. Um, <laughs> Bob says, due to high fuel prices, would it be okay if we just turned down the BTU output on the visitor's bench and the heaters? I like that. See, you know what? We had to do it. It's inflation. Prices are going up. We can't afford that anymore. Come on, man. Uh, Matthew says, excuse me, defense needs a statement game. What better stage than the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field? Uh, this 49ers team reminds me a lot of the Giants of 2007. Ooh. Mm, I think Eli Manning is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And in a quarterback-driven league, I think Shanahan's better than Coughlin. But in a quarterback-driven league, I would have to say that uh, Eli is better than Garoppolo. Always was, always will be. And he had good talent around him. But they had, I think that defense they had was much, much more tenacious than even what, even with a healthy Bosa and company, than what the 49ers put forth. I, I, I can understand where you're coming from, but they just had they just had so many good weapons. But you know what? Hey, they again, if you want to talk about the mirror, they went into Dallas, got an improbable win. Right? They went into Dallas, got an improbable win. So the 49ers go into Dallas, get some although I gotta admit, I picked them. And I didn't but bet money on them, but there were others. I mean, there was money going to the 49ers this weekend. They weren't, they, you know, to borrow the phrase from Mike McCarthy, the 49ers weren't anybody's underdog going into that game this past weekend into AT&T Stadium. 
where I think, and I do believe they're an underdog coming into this contest. I think the majority of money, I haven't gone and checked it yet, but I think the majority of money is being bet on the Green Bay Packers. What's the spread, Ben? Do you know what the spread is come Saturday night by any chance? Five and a half is the last one I saw. I also, I can't get behind that 2007 Giants take because Tom Coughlin in the cold just gets red. I feel like Kyle Shanahan gets more tan. Yeah. Uh, Yes. That I would agree with. Very different. Yeah. It's like he's ripening right there ahead of us. The logo on his hat also gets smaller every week. (laughs) Um, Matt LaFleur doesn't wear a hat, does he? He does not. I didn't think so. He cares about his hair. He's got that look going on. I feel like I've seen the winter hat before, but not the Shanahan flat brim. Trying to be cool like the kids these days. No, yeah, he's not skater boy. Shanahan reminds me of a guy that's still hanging on to skater boy rep, you know? Whereas uh, whereas LaFleur is, LaFleur at any moment in time could be in the midst of a GQ shoot. But Shanahan still, uh, y- you expect him to kick on the uh, Chuck Taylors and take off on a, a longboard. Yeah, LaFleur throws on the trucker hat once in a while for the culture. Yeah, yeah, not not often, but he does every now and then, I guess. Yeah. Uh, 877-867-1670. Glad to have you. Uh, this is from ESPN. Steve, who says, is uh, MVS clear to play yet? Uh, don't know. We're waiting to find out more about MVS today. Matt LaFleur is going to speak here in just a little bit. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll hear from Matt LaFleur, and I'm sure that'll be one of the one of the things uh, covering. Well, let's do this, because we got Rachel coming up at the top of the hour from NBC26, um, and if Matt LaFleur goes early, we'll try to get some of that now. So hang in there. Let's do this. We'll step away, take a quick break, see if LaFleur comes to the podium while we're gone, and uh, we'll have that for you when we come back. So uh, he should be at the podium in just a couple of minutes. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers getting ready to host the 49ers Saturday night with the short week. Practices being held today, tomorrow, and Thursday. The 49ers will then arrive Friday night. San Francisco's Debo Samuel lined up as both a receiver and a running back in their win against the Cowboys Sunday. And he says after losing to Green Bay earlier this season, the 49ers are ready for a rematch. I think it's going to be a pretty good matchup. Um, you know what I'm saying? we got to have a good week of preparation, just get ready and just have everybody on their P's and Cues just go out there and play our ball. The Packers rookie center Josh Myers tested out his injured knee against the Lions and looks to be ready to face the 49ers' powerful defensive front. Myers, who was out 10 weeks with a knee injury, was asked, was he ever concerned that he wouldn't be back at all this year? I knew that it was always a possibility, you know, as I was pushing the rehab and kind of getting through it and taking steps forward. I knew eventually I'd hit a wall. For a while, I was on track to come back for the Minnesota game, and I did hit a wall. But I knew it wasn't it wasn't a bad one, and I knew that I would be able to get through that, and my past sets felt good. Linebackers Darius Smith hopes to return this week. He only played 18 snaps in the opener week one against the Saints before undergoing back surgery. But Adrian Amos says, as a veteran pass rusher, there's not much to it for number 55. You know, that's a, that's a defensive lineman, outside linebacker, go get the quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like, go, go make plays. That's what he do. Like, I feel like you got guys that that you can plug in and go you know what I'm saying he's been you know he's been around you know just go do what you do that's Packers safety Adrian Amos in Green Bay I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels show 
Mike Clemens, our guy. Brought to you by the uh, the Bay Family Motel. Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable. And just a mile from Lambeau Field if you're looking for a place to uh, bed down for Saturday night. I don't know if they have any rooms available uh, right now or not, but uh, check them out. And the Bay Family Restaurant. Homestyle cooking seven days a week. There's a guy that uh, delivers the mushrooms and some of the produce from uh, Wausau that listens to the program. He delivers it to the Bay Family Restaurant. Loves the stuff. Says the place is great. Mike Clemens has been there. Eat the chili, he says. Go in and get that chili. Bay Motel, Green Bay, South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call him today for reservations, 920-494-3441, 920-494-3441, or check him out online for reservations. Look right now. Go to baymotelgreenbay.com. Get up there. Enjoy yourself. Get over to the ballpark. Enjoy the game. Get back. You drive right up to your room. You're in. It's warm. It's comfortable. Psh, nothing better. Baymotelgreenbay.com. BayMotelGreenBay.com. There you go. Um, uh, we are awaiting right now Matt LaFleur, and uh, and he is coming to the podium. Let's do this. Let's go uh, to listen to uh, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay right now. Hey, Coach. Hey, Sarah. How you doing? I'm good. All right, we can get started. Go ahead, Matt Schneiderman. Hey, Matt. How are you? I'm doing well, Matt. How are you doing? Good, thanks. Um you think Z and Ja have a pretty good chance to play on Saturday? Oh, we're hopeful. They'll be out there today, and we'll see how they re- react throughout the course of the week. And But certainly, yeah, that uh, that would be a, a great bonus for us if, if they're able to go on Saturday. Mark Daniels. Hey, Matt. Got me? Got you, Mark. Hey, Matt, how did the insertion of Debo in that backfield change the whole dynamic of the Niners' offense and, and just the challenge? Depending what that presents, yeah, it definitely adds uh, another layer to their complex offense. I know it's they, they do such a great job of formationing, motioning, giving very complementary plays. Um, you know, you got to be very disciplined with your eyes and your your rules and responsibilities. Um, but Debo, he is he's a dynamic player. He's one of the more elite players in this league. Um, and they just try to find different ways to get in the ball, whether it's handing it off, whether it's reverses in the passing game. He's a physical guy. And I think it does present some problems when you just aren't quite sure where he's going to line up. Is he going to be in the halfback position and the halfback's going to be out wide or vice versa? And uh, But he's a guy that we certainly have to account for in every play. Cassidy Hill. Hey, Matt, you've been through two playoff runs as a head coach now. Is there anything from these first two runs that maybe in particular you learned or would do differently now going into your third run? Well, I think it's just about the consistency of of how you approach each and every game. And, uh, yeah, it's it's the playoffs, so we, we all know what's at stake. However, I think our process and our approach, it stays the same. And you want to make you – know, these guys have countless number of reps of – getting prepared for a game. We know that each day is so important that you have to put everything into it so that we're we're at our best on game day. Hey, Matt, uh, Devondre had posted on his social last week that he nearly cried when you mentioned that he, to the team, had announced that he'd been first-team All-Pro. Just knowing him as long as you have, I'm just wondering what that moment was like for you to, to see him get that recognition. Oh, man, that was awesome. That's... Uh, those are the types of moments that you live for, I would say, as a coach, uh, to see somebody that works so hard 
at his craft that has added so much to this team, not only on the field, that's that's obvious for everybody to see, but what he brings to our locker room, what he brings to our, our just our mentality, not only on defense, but the entire football team. And uh, obviously he's been a, a big pickup for us. I think he's a big reason as to why we've, um, you know, had the year we've had defensively. Steve McGargy. Just wondering, the game you had with the 49ers back in San Francisco, the way y'all were able to win it, how much of a catalyst was it for y'all for the rest of the season, do you think? And how much can you take out of that game going into this one? I know both teams have changed quite a bit since. Yeah, I think any time you find ways to win games, especially against really good teams, um, it, it does give you some confidence. But we also know that you're only as good as your last game, and this is going to be a great challenge for us. I mean, this is a physical football team that brings it in all three phases, offensively, defensively, and on special teams. And uh, we are going to have to get our minds right to have a physical football game, and we're going to need everybody's best. And, you know, everybody's going to have to just focus in on doing their job, doing their 111th, and, and relying on their teammates to do their jobs. Bill Huber. Hey, Matt, um, kind of what Steve was asking about week three. When, when you go back and watch, do you put a lot of stock in that game, or is it just so long ago that it's, I don't want to say irrelevant, but because so many things have changed, maybe it's not super important anymore? Well, I think you always um, account for your matchup versus another team. And, and yeah, it was week three or whatever it was, um, and that was a long t- time ago. But you, there's there's still – the foundational elements are there in, in, really in all three phases. And, yeah, we all kind of um, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? We, we continue to develop throughout the course of the season and evolve. But, um, yeah, you, you look at everything. You look at the games that we've both teams have recently played. You look at that game. You shoot, you might even go back to years past because, the, like I said, the, just the common philosophy is still there. Rob Domofsky. Hey, Matt, I had a, just a quick one on the plan for David this week and then wanted to ask you something else. Will David practice today and, and what plan? He will not be out there today. Any concern there? Uh, no, I mean, just it's more load management. And um, like always, you guys get tired of me saying it, but we'll, we'll see how he's feeling tomorrow and, and the next day and see where he's at on game day. And then wanted to ask you, like at this time of the year, does the tension level go up in the building and around the team? And if so, how do you just make sure that doesn't affect the guys? Well, I think it's natural. I really do. I think you really got to try to keep everything in perspective um, and really just focus on what you have right in front of you, whether it's the, the meeting, whether it's the walkthrough, whether it's the practice, just making sure that you're dialed in, you're locked in, you're doing everything you can to, to stay in the moment. I think that's as important as anything is staying in the moment, knowing and trusting what has gotten us to this point. And that's at the end of the day, it's, it's football. And yeah, um, obviously the, there, there's a lot at stake, but uh, that is life in, in this league. And so you got to try to compartmentalize that as best you can and try to keep it as, uh, you know, normal as possible. MK Burgess. Hey, Matt, I noticed that Whitney Merciless was out of practice last week. Um, will he be out there this week? And what is having a guy potentially back like him do for that defense? 
Yeah, we anticipate him being out there. Um, you know, he is just a pro's pro. Just the approach he's taken since the moment we met him, the moment he's gotten here, is it's not a secret as to why he's lasted and, and played at such a high level in this league. Everything he does is is with the right mindset of, you know, how do I how do I get better? And he's been a great addition, not only to the outside linebacker room, but again to, to our football team. You can't have enough guys like that. They just bring the the experience they have. Um, you know, they they help some of these younger players along. Shoot, some of the veterans along as well. So uh, I've been super impressed just with his approach to how he attacked the rehab. Uh, certainly was not necessarily expecting him back this early. But uh, we'll see where he's at. We'll, again, we'll take it one day at a time. He's had limited practice um, and, and see where he's at at the end of the week. But certainly he would be a guy that we'd be ecstatic to be able to get back out there on the grass on Saturday. There you go. That is Matt LaFleur still talking. Uh, we are at the top of the hour. hour. Rachel Hotmeyer from, uh, excuse me, uh, NBC 26 in Green Bay going to be joining us coming up after the top of the hour. But Matt LaFleur filling us in on a couple of uh, guys they're hoping to get back. Just, uh, you know, as he said, keep your fingers crossed. We get some of these guys back on the grass come Saturday night. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Still got a lot more of the, uh, the Bill Michael Show coming up. Like I said, Rachel Hotmeyer from NBC26 is going to be joining us right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.